Hello, welcome back to the Break It Down for Brackens podcast. Today we're talking to Jeff Hines and Julie Phillibaum, both running for city council in Charlestown, West Virginia. We are going to learn about city charter. Apparently there's a city council meeting, am I correct? Yep, April 5th. Uh, in reference to writing or editing part of the uh, city charter. I don't know what that means, so these two are going to educate us and then we'll learn what's important to know about for that upcoming, is it a vote or just a meeting? So it's a, it's a meeting to discuss the, the proposed changes and then ultimately the council will make a vote on whether or not they want the changes to go to the, the election on the 27th for the people to vote on. Bingo. Let's do introductions first. Jeff, tell us about yourself for about a minute. Sure. My name is Jeff Hines. I'm the candidate for city council out of Ward 2. Uh, I live in Huntfield. Um, I have a, a beautiful wife, Melissa, of 15 years. I have three beautiful children. Um, I currently sit on the Charlestown Board of Zoning Appeals, and uh, some, I guess some more volunteer work I do. I'm a, I'm a Girl Scout troop leader. We just went for a, a beautiful hike yesterday for my daughter's brownie troop. Um, so there, there's the, the crux of who I am. I've worked in structured finance for 15 years, um, behind the scenes working on, with numbers, computers, processes, things of that nature. And um, that's, that's who I am. Good. Julie? I am running in Ward 3. I'm currently unopposed. There is exactly four more days for somebody to file as a write-in. <laughs> four more days, <laughs> Well, I think by the time you probably publish this, it'll be even less time than that, but that's okay. Um, I, I am on the tree board for the city. I am on the Board of Parks and Recreation for the city. I am on the Charlestown Now board. I do. I yarn bomb trees <laughs> to raise awareness awesome. for and, JCCM. You know. And if you're looking to learn more about these two characters, they are they have their own podcasts somewhere in the early '60s, yeah. I believe. Yeah. All right. So, guys, I don't know anything about city charters. Tell me what it is, and tell me what's going on. This is really all about what you guys want to tell me and anybody who might be listening. Educate me, please. So, yeah, city charter or municipal charter is the most important legal document of any city. It defines the organization's, um, the organization powers, functions, essential procedures for the city government. And it's, it's very comparable to, like, the U.S. Constitution or the state constitution. Okay. So... Uh, an edit is pretty important. It is, and it's also in the case of our charter, very much needed. The last time there was there was there was a an edit back in two thousand and five, and then the last time I think there was really anything done was back in nineteen fifteen, yep. when our population size was about twenty five hundred people. Um, so a lot, you know, and and there were silly things on there like. Um, we the city could put prisoners to work to pay off their fines. Um, the council could also deem uh, theatrical shows as injurious to the moral of the town and ban them from being performed. Like there are silly things like that. Where we're like, okay, yeah, it, it definitely needs updated. <laughs> Those are still in there. They are currently, but they in the new version they are not, which is good. 
<laughs> so they, they took them out in 05, you mean? Yeah, no, so no. they're still there. Oh, um, oh yeah. So when, when you say edit, one thing I want to point out, it, it's almost an entire rewrite of the, of the charter document. I would say, yeah, at least yeah. 50% of it. So yeah. it's, it's a substantial edit. That's, okay, yeah, that's really important. Yeah. Um, what else? Come on, lay it on me. <laughs> sure. So, I mean, we can get going into it. So, you know, uh, I've been... Yeah, well, the thing is, I just don't know how to conversate about something. Oh, I don't understand. know anything about. So, so the tell first... me, yeah, tell me about some whatever. So, I, just to tell you how I came into to being concerned about the Charter, and then my, my horizons were opened up a little bit, speaking with folks like Julie and other, other people in the city. Um, I was watching a number of the special council meetings. They had special council meetings that the mayor put together to work on the Charter, to develop the Charter, to, to write the Charter. Um, and there was a back and forth between uh, members on the council and that committee about should we keep the section on um, petition referendum. And with some thinking, absolutely, we need to have this there. Others saying, why, what's the point? We're just going to have another election in two years. Let them vote for somebody new if they don't like what we're doing. And to me, it was really important that the, the citizens of Charlestown have the right to have their concerns heard via a referendum or an initiative. So I got really interested. Jeff, you're going to blow my mind right out of the gate here. Petition referendum? What's that? Sure. So I mean, uh, you're going to have to break in. This is called break it down with brackets. I don't know. Break what it that down means. with brackets. So, yeah. I mean, I could give an example of say a, a city passes an ordinance. The, uh, the, the proposed language would allow uh, citizens a certain number of days. I think it's 30 days or it's 60 days. No, they have to wait 30 days. Okay. And then they have uh, no later than six months after the ordinance right. is passed. To yeah, get to petition 25% of qualified voters, yep. adults that are registered to vote, um, and for like so an initiative, like if if if, pe if the people want an ordinance put in, in in you know, can you give me a hypothetical, like just something make believe? It could be anything. I mean, um, it could oh, be. How about, how about a weather control machine? <laughs> well, I think something a little bit more reasonable. Um, <laughs> It would be like, and they talked about this in the charter review committee, was like vicious dogs. So if this, if somebody wanted to ban pit bulls okay. because they think they're vicious dogs, which in my opinion, every pit bull I've ever met was big cuddle buddy. So, sure. you know, but anyways, <laughs> um, so if they, if somebody wanted to do this and they went on this crusade of getting the petition, you know, of 25% of the populace or, you know, the voters um, and presented to presented it to council, council would then have to act on it. They could either, um, you know, accept it. They have like 60 days after the petition is presented to council to do something about it. And if they don't, then it goes to the ballot on the next election and then the people vote on it. And it's the same with the referendum. Yep. And the referendum is just like this, the council passes, no vicious dogs are allowed it to be owned in Charlestown and somebody's like, whoa, 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 like my pit bull is not a vicious dog. And then they get, you know, and it's the opposite way of like overturning that ordinance that council passed. Right. And if you look at if you look at some of the stipulations in, in the in the write up, there are certain things that you cannot challenge such as budgetary things or, you know, any type of negotiation with um, like unions or any type of negotiation for employee like rights and things like that. Those are not allowed to be petitioned by the people at all. Mm -hmm. And that should be changed or not changed? So I'm not, I, I, my bigger concern is they were trying to strike the entire rule completely. Well, yeah, that was brought up and it was, I, what I want is more protection yeah. of the people's power to do initiative and referendum because there's nothing 
stopping city council from after the people vote on this and whether if they vote to overturn it on a referendum or something like that. There's nothing stopping from council from just immediately reenacting the ordinance. I see. Okay. When you say a full rewrite of the, there must be dozens of things, dozens of items that need to be reviewed and the current sitting city council or the people we've elected to do that, right? Um, yes and no. There was like a, a special group of, of individuals that were tasked with, with doing the work. Okay. And then as they finished their writing in their portion, they would bring it to the council for review and vote. So the actual drafting of the language happens sort of like in a committee. But, yeah, they've yeah. been actually working on this for a long time. It was brought up several years ago, shortly after probably the 2005 edit, where they mostly, I think in 2005, they just took one whole section out. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember what it was about, but they were like, you know, we really do need to update this. And they had tasked the ordinance committee with doing that, but the ordinance committee was constantly like fixing other ordinances and didn't really have time to devote to the charter. So the mayor, the current mayor back in September of 2019 created the select charter review committee. But it's also, everyone that's on that is also on the ordinance committee with the addition of the mayor. So it's... That's, yeah, okay. <laughs> so this being, I guess, super important, right? Yes. We didn't know over the last four years that the people we were voting for for city council would hold this task, right? So it's almost, I'm, I would almost want to be like, well, if we're predicting the future and we know something's coming up, okay, hey, you know, these two, Julie and Jeff, we're voting you in because we know in the next two years there's going to be a rewrite, and I, I like your logic and I like your common sense. You know, that's who I want working on this charter. Or is it just... It's not even the city council. They just got to read what's in there and decide if it's good or not. Or so yeah. So right now the, the language is available in the last I think it was the March first or the March second agenda packet, and they're going to have it available before the next April fifth meeting. The the entire language as is currently proposed. Um, I would highly recommend everybody read it and come and sign up to speak if they have any concerns. And then that's that's the whole point of that part of the meeting on April fifth is to hear citizen input, to hear input from you know, other leaders in the community and say, what, what do you like or dislike about this document? And then you know, basically persuade us as your elected officials to either put this on the ballot or pull it back and, and make some changes. So if you wanted anything to change in that document, now's the time because- Gotcha, so if, if it comes to a vote, mm -hmm. you're talking about a vote for city council or a vote for general population? So the vote, on the fifth would be, do we put this charter as is, or with any other changes that may be suggested at the time, do we put that on the ballot for the citizens of Charlestown to approve on the May 27th election uh, in, in coming up in May? Can you guys identify a paragraph or something that you know I wouldn't like? Um. Is, is that, does that <laughs> exist or is, um. I, I mean, because, and I, I wonder why would I, why would I take time out of my sure. day to go down there so, and beef about a particular topic. So I was saying earlier, like my biggest concern when I first started looking at it was, was the possible removal of the initiative and referendum part. Mm -hmm. it, the, the bar to do it is so high at 25% of the qualified voters in the city is probably more than show up for every election anyway. And you have a short 
you know, a short time frame to get those many voters to sign. So to Julie's point, if you can get that many people to sign your petition and then it gets, you know, sent to the council and they dismiss it anyway, it's like that's a huge deal to me because that's more people than normally vote for those people anyway and they're just being dismissed. Or to her, her further point, let's say they decide to dismiss it and makes it to the next ballot, then it passes. So now it was 25% of the voters said, we want this, you dismissed it, we put it on the ballot, and then the majority of the voters then say we want this, and then they could still override it with another rule right after that. Right. So that's, that's a big deal. That, I didn't like that. But as I started to look at more parts of the, of the document, there was a few other things that, that I was curious why we're not doing, so I'm not saying that they're bad, but I think that there's a chance to make the document better. We're going to open this up for, for changes. We should probably try to get the best document we can so we don't have to go through this process again in a couple more years, right? Um, one that I thought, and it's not as, you know, I don't know that you would care about it as much as I do, but it's right now the way that we elect councilmen in this city, our council members, sorry, Mr. Obama, <laughs> but um, is, is based on the ward you're in. So every two years, we have four members of council come up for election um, in the four various wards. So one, two, three, four, every two years, we're electing a new one to a four-year term, unless there's a special circumstance like there is this year, um, but we can speak about that later. But, and the way that works is you only have the chance to run in the ward that you live in. That's very unique to Charlestown. Most cities also have at-large board members or council members, meaning that you can choose to run for an at-large seat. You're not tied only to the seat that represents your ward. So, for example, Ranson, they have six council members. Three of them are at-large. Doesn't matter where you live in the city, you can run to be on city council. So why is that important? Well, first off, Charlestown's not a huge city. So we should all pretty much be interested in what's happening in any ward. So an at-large position, um, to me, is just a reflection of somebody who cares about the city as a whole. But on top of that, you will notice, as Julie said earlier when we started, there are certain wards where they have nobody running to challenge the person who's running. So that person's basically in. And, and I, and I back Julie, so I'm happy for her. But for, there are other wards where you may have three people who want to run or you know, multiple people who want to run. And so now you have this like, group of qualified, interested individuals and they're clogging up trying to get in. And there's an opportunity for the city to allow those people to run for an at-large position. We have so many problems in the city now putting people into committees and getting people interested in government. So why make it so hard? Why not look at a possible switch to an at-large you know, position as we move forward yeah and one thing that we've we've kind of talked about with the at-large positions is it may i don't like the idea of it being half of the council being at large because it opens up the opportunity for four five six people from one particular area of town like maybe in the historic overlay district which is parts of ward one and ward three having the majority like a super majority on council and so they could ignore the issues of the neighborhoods you know on the sort of outer parts of town like Huntfield mm -hmm. and um Norborn, Glebe and all of that so yeah I, I I like the idea of it just being two yep. extra spots on council making council 10 plus the mayor yeah I, that seems extremely smart and logical and I'm assuming not being fully engaged in what's going on in the community, specifically with like politics and whatnot, but I'd assume people are making the right decisions. That sounds like the right decision, and I'm surprised that it's it's not. Yeah, that's good forward thinking. Um, you know, I, it's to me, 
every time I talk to people like you, I'm blown away at, at how unaware I am. But additionally, I'm, I'm trying to learn by even having you guys here. But overall, so many people aren't aware. And the people who it seems like the ones that who are extremely aware go to city council meetings, go to county commission meetings, and they raise a stink, then it gets seen as that person who's causing a stink and slowing down progress. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I envision it when I've seen it maybe on the video in the past. But if you had a group of people, that's the thing. I think people just don't know how to organize to bring a concern up in a ward or to bring up a concern for an entire city. And you're right, if somebody wants to run and now there's three or four people in one ward that want to step up, it, it, it does make absolute sense. And that's something you're saying is not in the current charter. It is not, and it's not in the proposed charter either. Right. And you know, the other good example of that is, is take Julie. Yeah, if, if I really, you know, was very interested in stepping up and obviously I was sitting there waiting because I was like, well, I, you know, I have Todd Coyle and Jean Petty as my representatives in War 3. They're really great. Like, why would I challenge them, you know, even though I'm so interested in serving? So I was just sitting there waiting for like somebody to say, you know, I don't think I'm going to run again. And then I was like, <laughs> it's my turn to sign up. I can do this. So... Yeah, I mean, that would have been the perfect position for me at the at-large if, if Todd wasn't going to run for re-election, so. The special committee, right? Right. Assigned to rewrite the charter. Mm -hmm. They were, like, the ordinance people, you said? Is the committee yeah, for what? So it's the mayor select committee for the charter. So the mayor, yeah. part of the powers the mayor has under our form of government is to create select committees. Okay. And where he selects the individuals that he wants to work on a particular project. So yeah. he, he has a charter committee. He currently has a select committee on homelessness. Mm -hmm. And that's basically a, the mayor put the, the committee together. And it just happens to be everybody yeah. who's on and, and in comparison, the select committee on homelessness has people that don't live in Charlestown but are in Jefferson County that maybe work with one of the organizations that helps the homeless in our, you know, right. and it also has like the mayor from Shepherdstown and stuff like that, so. So how do you get on the select committee he, there to, was do, a, to do the charter? There was a period where you could apply. Well, for the charter committee, I don't think people could apply for that. He did open it up for the homeless committee, but I don't know if he opened it up for the charter review committee. And then where do I have to be to hear about these sort of things happening? I, I, I'm just disconnected or what? So I watch this. You can always watch any of the meetings and follow the agenda packets on Charlestown's um, web portal. They put all the meetings. Don't get me wrong, sometimes the video quality is a little bit hard to hear mm -hmm. and there's no like text you can read. But if you listen really hard, if you listen really hard, you can sometimes follow along. And then the agenda packets there, so you can watch the meetings. Um, the select committee meetings, I don't think they're live. I think you watch those taped. I've never watched one live. I do watch the council meetings live. You can, you can log in the night of, go into Zoom, and, and be a part of the meeting. I think you could watch it live. I just never catch it because it's, like it's, it's always like, at a different time. Yeah, you know? during so, the day yeah, when you're trying to work. Day, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, enough for somebody who might be motivated to get mm -hmm. involved, if we're not dialing in to all these meetings, not all these, but city council meetings because we got other stuff going on but we still want to find that time like I'm, I'm somebody who wants to be involved I'm somebody who wants to help and I want to find the right portal for me mm -hmm. if I don't know about it and I never hear about it and I'm definitely not going to go onto 
the website and watch a city council mm -hmm. meeting because for me, it's just, I'm not as dialed in as you guys are, right? Right. Well, on my campaign page on <laughs> Facebook, every Tuesday, I do a Tuesday talk where I talk about the last week's government's meetings that, you know, I give you guys the rundown. So that would, you know, man, I give you the spark notes. They're fun. <laughs> yeah. They're fun. I don't, for some reason, even though I follow your page, I'm not cruising the social media as much as I could be. So I guess it gets lost in the ether. Yeah, it's something that I do want to keep doing even after elected because I do think that having an educated populace is really important. You know, I don't I don't like secret things. I don't like things, you know, flying under the radar. I really feel like because that I think just causes issues when people find out about it later. It's easier to deal with it when it first comes up than for it to like become a bigger issue and then everybody gets really upset like how did we not know about this? Right. So. <laughs> That's like the story of everybody's life. Yeah. So, uh, but so what else what else um, about the charter? Well, I think another thing that you would probably be really interested in is the filling vacancies section um, for council and, and for the mayor. Because under that, it currently reads that the council, if a vacancy comes up on council, it currently reads as they have three choices. They can not fill it and just wait until the next election. They can fill it for the remainder of the term or they can fill it until the next election and then like there would be a two-year term as there is currently on our ballots for this year because that happened. Um, so they could decide, like if somebody was three months into their term, resign, and then the council could decide not to fill it and you would be down a whole council member. And I, I just, the way it reads, I don't think, I don't think that was their intention. I think they were thinking, oh, logically, they would obviously fill it until the next election, and it would just be like a two-year term or whatever. But it doesn't actually say that that's right. what you have to do. So they left themselves some options there. Right. Yeah, and I just... maybe someone's like, look, man, I've only got two more years, so I'll just serve this until the end of the term. But the biggest concern, a bigger concern for me is, and I think I spoke with you about this the last podcast I did was, imagine I get, I get elected in May. Um, and something horrible happens and I, and I have to leave the city in August. They have the option of filling my seat for almost four years, even though there will be another election in two years. They do not have to put my seat back on the ballot for the citizens of the city to vote on my seat. They can choose somebody who's gonna create laws, possibly rewrite the charter, create new taxes, you name it. That person was never elected. And there's an election between now and the end of my term. I, I don't think that even should be an option. And in some states, it's not. I mean, I, I just to me, I have let us vote. Yeah, I really, I, yeah, and I also think that the, the vacancy should be filled unless it's within like 90 days of the right. new election cycle, like the, the new filing period. Because then you're, it has taken yeah. historically, since this, we've had so many vacancies, um, it took about 90 days for the vacancy in Ward 4 and in Ward 2 to be filled. So I think that. If you're 90 days from like that second Monday in January when the filing period starts right. for the new election, then it's like leave it empty, put it on the ballot, and let people just elect that new person. And it's interesting. We have an example of how this could play out going on right now in, um, is it Ward 1 or Ward, Ward 2? 
Well, Ward 4 is where we it's have four. the... Yeah. I keep putting people in... I, I did this to you last time. I put them in the wrong wards. So Ward 4, we actually have two members on the ballot this, this election. One is running for a two-year term, and that's Michael George. And one is running for a four-year term. And they did that because, you know, back when you mentioned Mayor Scott Rogers left, um, the current mayor, Bob Trainer was on the council and be appoint, was appointed mayor, opening his seat. Um, and then a person was appointed to that seat. It was Ricky was appointed to that seat. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing in this election, they're putting both seats on the, on the, on the ballot, and they're going to have one be a shorter term, one being a longer term. That keeps the election every two-year cycle going, but it also allows the people of Charlestown to choose who they want to be their elected official, as opposed to them uh, appointing Ricky for like almost four years back when they did that. I see. Okay, so... I'm not even trying to like, I, I know you guys have a lot more cool things to tell me about what could be in the charter, what shouldn't be in the charter, but right. who's doing this writing of the charter? Like, who do we consider smart enough to analyze paragraph by paragraph of, or I assume, many, many pages so of systems? Right now, the, the committee that is the mayor, mm -hmm. and I believe it's three members of the ordinance committee, mm -hmm. so four members of the mayor and council are the ones that are on the select committee. And then to be on the ordinance, are you appointed or do you run for that? You're appointed. So you, when you become a council member, you, you serve on a number of other, you, can, you have to serve on other committees. So you say, oh, well, I'm interested in this, and you get... So they're all city council members. Well, yeah, the ordinance committee, along with finance, personnel, and streets committee, streets. are all appointed, like, are all members of city council. They're filled, but there are, obviously there are other boards that regular citizens can serve on and I do think that this committee might have served the people better if it had been opened up to more people outside of council just to be able to participate in the review. That seems very logical also. I'm not even pointing fingers but I mean I just seems to me like moly, there why, should have why? been like a lawyer or two involved. <laughs> yeah maybe lawyers maybe and then, yeah. I mean city council does what city council does but if I was the mayor, and I'm not judging, but I'm saying I would bring in half city council and then maybe 75% more civic leaders outside of government to some extent, right? Mm -hmm. So let me, let me say one thing since we're talking about this. Yeah. A lot of times, like I mentioned, I, I mentioned this to my wife who works in local government in Virginia. A lot of times, towns and cities do not like to open their charters, yeah. especially in a state like uh, Virginia, which is a Dillon Law state, so if you take away a rule, you may not be able to put it back later. They don't like doing it because it really opens you up to a lot of criticism and a whole lot of crazy changes, and it could just take forever. So I, I give kudos to the mayor and the, and the council for doing this because it, it needed to be done. It took a lot of time, so please, I don't want to act like I want to drag anybody through the mud. I really appreciate you doing, doing that. I don't think doing that this podcast. What you're doing is you're, you're educating a guy who's just not, I don't know. Like, I didn't realize the committee was made up of city council members. Like, that's, that's how basic I am, and I bet a large percentage of the people out there don't know that also. So it's really crucial to, to explain those things. Yeah, I, I mean, I listen to all, or, you know, mostly, <laughs> most of their... Um, you know, I watched most of their their uh, meetings, and I will say they, they were very civic-minded and well-meaning. They did try to think, okay, how could a corrupt person come in here and use this against the city? Like, how could they, you know, do things that would be bad, you know? And so I do think that maybe, like, I when I spoke to council a couple weeks ago, I was just like, I think you guys have just been in the weeds for too long. You're not seeing the holes you know like 
because they did say like this the charter is supposed to protect the people from the government and i'm just like okay well you missed the hole right here you yeah. missed the hole like we gotta fill these things in <laughs> so it's funny let's segue into one of those holes yeah sure and that is the power of the mayor so currently our mayor is in a unique position is that so we have a city council that is the legislative body that most people would say run run our run our town. The mayor and a manager mayor former government does retain certain powers. In, in the city of Charlestown, one of those powers is he has the power to appoint the police chief, and he actually is the direct supervisor of the police chief. Right. It is not Daryl Hennessy, the city manager, or the city council. Now, for police chief, he has to get the consent of council. So almost like the Senate, right? The, yeah, in, sure. In, in the United States government. So, however, however, he also has the power to appoint other positions and the document the, the charter is not clear on him needing consent of the council for example an interim police chiefs if said police chief that's in power now leaves the mayor can choose to appoint an interim without ever getting the consultation of council at all and in fact there's nothing in the document that requires him to appoint a police chief and there was a mayor in the early 90s and I actually believe his name was Rufus Park and I mean I actually have his name so I don't want to if, if you are Rufus Park, and if not you, I apologize if you're listening. No, it's Rufus Park. He's listening to my podcast. I have his name. His name is Rufus Park, uh -huh. and he actually chose not to appoint a police chief, even though the city council was pleading with him. They had no powers to make him do so. Ultimately, he wanted to serve as police chief himself, and there was nothing the council could ultimately do. So the document, as it, as it is written now, there's no required timeline to appoint a permanent police chief, and there should be. And it can have language that allows the city uh, mayor to say, look, I can't find anybody in five months. Then the council can go on back and say, fine, we'll give you another four months. But they need to do that. Now, on top of that, the mayor also has the power to appoint the municipal judges, and the mayor, no consent needed, and he also has the power to, to appoint what they're calling a special police officer. But there's no definition of what that means. What is a special police officer? So think about this. I can appoint an interim chief. I don't need to get the council's buy-in. I can appoint as many special police officers that I think is needed to keep our, our, our city safe. And I can appoint the judges that are gonna you know, reside over the, the cases. And there's no say by the council. It's all the power of the mayor. And that makes me a little nervous, to be honest with you. I think there should be more consent by uh, the larger governing body in, in the city, and that being the council. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's that is again being way on the outside. We citizens just assume it's all being handled and things don't go sideways until they do. COVID made everybody go sideways, 9 11 made everybody go sideways, the 2000 cyber bug that would never happen was gonna make it go sideways. Y2K, yeah, so it's like literally. Everybody thinks everything's sailing smooth and everything's taken care of until it's not. So this, this makes me want, if I, if I wish I had the time, if I was like super wealthy, I would be like, oh, I'm coming down there, okay, and I'm going to help audit this, this charter, and I want to I wanna spitball ideas on how somebody could do it incorrectly. Because I think you need a, quite a few minds on that. Mm -hmm. and, I, and here's the deal, when you're not involved, like I'm not involved, so how do you get involved? Like how do how could I have been chosen to be on? Well, I guess the mayor only chose city council, but 
I would have liked to have known how to be chosen to really review this. And I guess what you're saying is that if I read it now and review it, I can come to the meeting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, there, I think it's going to be, it's not on the, um, the meeting portal right now, but I believe they're going to do it probably right before the regular city council meeting on April 5th. So the regular city council meetings, usually it's at 7 p.m. So I'm assuming that this is probably going to be like 5 or 6 p.m. on April 5th. That's my big assumption because they haven't published when the meeting is going to be. Okay. We'll change directions a tiny bit here. Okay. You two are about to be on city council. All the positive thinking. Yeah. Okay. You're just trying to do what you and your colleagues feel is right for the city. Mm-hmm. How are you going to handle it when a bunch of jokers come in, spun up over something that you spent six or seven months working on to square away, let's say, and they just start to derail it piece by piece, even though they weren't there at the meetings and that sort of stuff. And, and I can't really pinpoint anything specifically, but you could see that happening. Mm -hmm. You could see a movement in town that just caught fire and they're like, well, what are they doing? And then it's a, like an attack. Mm -hmm. Like I'm imagining being on city council and having all the anxiety because, okay, we've, we've got them, we finally got this put together. We finally got A put together and B's put together and C and we're going to talk all about it. And we're finally closing the door on this. I hope nobody comes in here to contest this because we've done so much hard work as far as we know. How, how do you handle that? I mean, honestly, I've had that happen on the tree board we worked on the tree ordinance for months and then we handed over to the ordinance committee for them to sign off on and they're like whoa hold up you know and it's they have valid concerns you know and it is initially very frustrating i think is anyone would be frustrated with that it's like i worked really hard on this and you're telling me it's bad right. <laughs> but <laughs> you know like but it was true like we we i went to the ordinance committee and we discussed it we went through you know the sections that you know, made them raise an eyebrow and we kind of worked through their concerns and, you know, reworded some stuff. And then it got to sent to city council and then they had more edits. So it is, it can be very frustrating for sure. But I think the more people that are involved, you're mm -hmm. going to get more perspectives. You're going to get like, oh, did you mean to do this? And you probably didn't, you know, that probably was not your intention to do something bad, you know, um, but you, you might not just see it because you've been working on it for so long. Yeah, so that, I totally agree. And that's my question for you, Kevin. Let me ask you a question. Sure. I think we've established that you were not aware of all the process that was happening or who was even on the select committee. I would say the vast majority of the city was not. Right. And I understand there were requirements for uh, having a certain number of readings, and we've been through that. Mm -hmm. This will be the last reading and the, the input. I also understand they have to post something in the paper at least once or, tw or twice, I think, is the law in the state, uh, letting the, the citizens know what's happening. Um, Who's reading the paper? My point being, is something this important, my question is, you know it's important, and yet not a lot of people know what's going on. So it's sort of incumbent upon you, it's the job, to make sure you're going out to the HOA meetings, you're going out to the social media things, you're putting, put a Hold poster. on, buddy, hold on now. <laughs> you're saying you, it's your job. You say it's my job? No, I'm sorry. It's a, as a member of the council. Okay, thanks. I'm sitting here going, no. Jeff, there's no way. It, it should be, it should be okay. plastered on the Bracken's painting truck. No, <laughs> yeah, right. no but it's, it's, when you get elected or appointed for a, a certain members of the council, you, you are elected to represent the people in their will and, and, and what's best for the city. 
how do you know what, what it is if you haven't done the job of getting their input? Mm -hmm. And that's, so don't be surprised that when we finally have this last meeting where people have gotten interested that they show up with questions. That's sort of the way it's designed to happen. And you could have avoided this by including more members of the community earlier in the process. If we get more people talking about it. Correct. And it doesn't have to be the whole charter. It can be just the pieces that you might find interested. Like, I know Julie's interested in something. I'm like, hey, did you hear me talking about changing that up in the city charter? Oh, what's the city charter? Well, it's like a document that talks about how the city works. Oh, really? So what are they doing? Oh, they're talking about making it bigger or maybe turning it down and making it smaller. Well, I don't like that. So maybe you should tell people or go talk to somebody yeah. and see what it's all about. Like, you got to have those conversations mm -hmm. and you can't have them unless you're actually aware. And I like, I like what you just said, right? What if we put it on the side of a Bracken's painting <laughs> box truck, right? But then if somebody really, I'll tell you what, I can tell there are still people upset with Rockwell, okay? Because they go out on the highway and they're out there raising hell and they are still grinding mm -hmm. about that. Yep. They are raising awareness. They have volunteers. They have created a movement. It would be great if in Charlestown and probably the whole country, if there was a movement to be truly more aware. And what if there was like a billboard truck that just rolled up and down a particular route and just said, coming up, gonna change, you know what I'm saying? They're going to change this and they're going to change that. So right. you want to be involved. But then I'm thinking from being on city council, I'm like, what the frick, man? I'm trying to get this job done. I don't want to hear from the public because we've just worked our butts off of six reviews of this deal. Now, all of a sudden, they're going to come in here and there's no time to edit it. Well, if they had invited the public earlier. <laughs> well, even if you didn't invite the public, Julie, I don't even see your darn posts. You know, I, I wish I did, because I'd probably watch them, you know? And there, if there was a better, so my frustration lies with this. People don't give a shit. Right. That's it. Mm -hmm. I, I'm lucky, I call Julie almost weekly to get the 411 on what's going on in this town, and she is awesome. But whenever I have some free time, I say, let me see what Julie's doing. Call her and say, what's happening? And she gives me a really great rundown of what's going on. I wish there was a way. You know, we used to consume our information from the news, you know, and I'm talking about way back, pre-internet. It was just the news and the newspaper, and you had one paper you liked or one paper you didn't like, but that's how you got it. Now with social media and people running their mouths and negative comments, and hate and all this stuff it's like i don't even want your news i don't even care what's going on mm -hmm. but there has got to be a way to get people aware the city is everybody's business and if they saw it that way if they saw surpluses or deficits as part of their life and part of their business how the town is run because it's their money paying for the town i'm just i'm just freaking flabbergasted because you guys are talking about very interesting, well thought out, logical snippets of a city charter, and I don't know what the frick you're talking about. And it's all about to be written in stone for the most part. I mean, it it could be changed, but it's a very difficult process. We'd have to kind of hit, you know, start from the beginning of of doing the review committee, and then waiting until we could put it on the ballot. Actually, um, the way that the that's the way that the new charter is written, it says that any edits to the charter, 
there would have to be three readings and and there would be a public comment period and then there it would have to be passed by only two-thirds of the council so it wouldn't even go back to the people the way that they're changing it so I don't know I just I want it to be done right and I want it to to do don't assume anything go down that road some more so you're saying you're leaving a lot inferred there so it won't go back to the people. You're saying that we can't know about it or vote on it. No, you would know about it, and you would have the ability to make public comment, but you would not. You would not be voting on it. It would be two thirds of council. Passing if I it. go in front of city council, and I start, I get my time on the microphone. If I'm not nervous as crazy, because knowing it's being filmed, I'm talking to leadership in the city, and they're all sitting there. I'm going to be very stereotypical with their glasses down on their nose, looking <laughs> at some paperwork. You can tell they're working on something, but you know they're listening. They look up and smile, and you're like, I'm not breaking through to any of you guys. You know, I know some of them, and they might listen because we at least have the respect to know each other. But, like, I like Todd because I can go down the corner and bust Todd's balls. Mm -hmm. Todd, what are we doing? What are we doing with this? How are you even, how do you guys even justify pushing this thing forward? And then he can explain to me why. And because he's a sharp guy, he's going to explain it to me why. But I feel like you have to have mega confidence to go before a city leadership and to voice your concerns. And I personally don't have the confidence that it's going to break through to anybody and it won't change anything. I'm just one voice. If me and all the bros and bras go up on there as a contingency, or as a constituency rather, those are voters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they should have more influence because if a bunch of bros and bras live in Huntfield, you're like, oh, dude, I got to make sure I'm doing it right because I don't need just Kevin Brackens on me. I don't need 25 other people asking me the same darn question. Do you right. feel like, Jeff, do you feel like that influence would affect how you vote even though you feel differently? I'm not explaining what you're, I'm sorry. All right, so let's say we're going to paint all the pavement okay. red. In Huntfield. Watching some Clint Eastwood movies. What it, well, dude, green. Okay, fine. We're painting it all, the pavement green. And you're like, you know, I've talked to the environmentalists and I've talked to the city planning, whatever. Mm -hmm. All the people in charge. And I think this really is the great idea. And you get 25 to 30 people because, Jeff, that's not a good idea. Right. Even though all the colleagues that you work with say painting the street green is probably the right move. Right. How are you? You're going to have pressure from your constituency. Right. And... Ethically, you're going to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do what my constituency, constituency says, but I don't, see, I don't see how that works. So it's hard, right? That's, you have that problem in the elected office. Mm -hmm. you, you're, they're electing a representative, but it's not a referendum. They're, they're electing a person they feel hold the same beliefs that they do or hold the same values and are going to represent to the best of their ability uh, the same values that they have. But we all know that voters, uh, but Jill and I won't agree on everything, even though no. we agree on a lot. Uh, and you just hope that you're voting for somebody based off of you doing your due diligence and speaking with these people that are going to represent what you want. But ultimately, that person is going to make a choice. And I appreciate that. Um, however, if I hear just my door being broken down by constituents saying, this is a bad idea, this is just not going to work, and I don't think it should happen, then... I, I think Gene said it best, Gene Petty said it best in one um, special committee mm -hmm. meeting when we talked about the referendum. She goes, at some point, we're not, their, we're not their parents. We have to represent the will of our constituents. 
And that's, that spoke volumes, and I really appreciated her speaking up, and it's one of the reasons why I got even more interested in digging into to the document, is because it's like, at one point, at cer a certain point, you have to listen to what those 25 to 50 members of your neighborhood are saying, right? You represent their will. It's not just what you think is best. It's what you think is best in conjunction with everybody. So when you say we're not their parents, you're saying we're not here to tell them what's best for them. Correct. Right. We're here to listen to what they how they feel and to represent them. Yes, sir. Good, because that can be taken that two ways. But that, I, I'm just going to, I am going to tell you what's best for you versus I'm not their parents. It just, okay, I just want to make sure I no, understand. No, no, so that's precisely yeah. right. We, it, we need to listen to... Constituents. Right, and so that was, especially in regards to the referendum, if, if they believe they should have the right to say what they want, and if they get this large number of people we need to listen to them, right? It's 25% of the qualified voters. We, they, right? They need to have their voices heard. And at some point as a council, we're going to need to say, look, the people have spoken and we mm -hmm. represent their will. So this needs to happen. Okay. We're so off the topic of the charter. Here's sort of. Here's the deal. But this, this charter thing, it's going to be important. Dig into it. But at the same time, I think you want people like Julie and Jeff because they're accessible. I feel like you're accessible, Jeff. Julie, I know you're accessible. Just scooting around downtown all the time, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of city council, I don't find to be accessible, but I haven't tried. And I might see them walking around the neighborhood, but if they're not outside my ward, I might not see them. And what I think the way things are set now, where, sure, come out and vote. How many people vote in these every two-year elections? Not enough people. So throw a number at it, an approximate number. Less than 500. Yeah, I, in the last one, it was less than 400. It's, it was less than like 500 before that. We're a city of over 6,000 people. So ima imagine the charter, the charter, the constitution of our city is going on the ballot this May, and 400 out of 6,000 people will make that decision. So be involved, folks. Those 400 people that are voting out of the 6,000, how many vote in the uh, the big election? So, so how many vote like in, in the general? Yeah. Approximately. Well, I, we don't know for just Charlestown, for, but for the county in 2020, of all of Jefferson County, I, I thought there was like a pretty significant number, like over 20,000. Yeah. Of, and I would assume that there's at least 40,000 over the age of 18 right. in the county. Yeah. Okay. All right, so... Why the, the current the way the system is currently set, and I'm not talking about from voting, I'm not talking about how the politics or city council or any of that stuff, people's understanding of what's happening is basically zero. Those 400 voters that vote every two years, half of them are probably fundamentalists. They're only on their super, only on one side, they only want one thing. We got to really steer towards this, and hopefully, the person I'm voting for is one of those people who will see the things my way. The people that aren't voting, the voices that aren't heard, are the people who just don't care. And they don't care because they don't know. They don't know because they're not being told. And I think what would be really cool is if the town had a nonpartisan beacon that could... Jesus, it's this podcast, isn't it? If people wanted to listen, they could. <laughs> But literally, it's almost like, why doesn't city council have their own podcast that they could say, okay, here's what we're talking about. Here are the four things we're talking about, and here's about five minutes on each four thing, and if you're interested, you got to get involved. So 
Elkins. Oh, yeah. You know, not too, well, I guess like what, two hours from here? Mm -hmm. yeah. They recently updated their charter. And I was looking at that to see how, what difference, like how is it different? Like what, right. what ideas did they have that we don't have? Um, and they had this whole like blog where people could follow along and like see how it was getting updated. And then I, I just really liked that, that there was this other avenue to consume the information. Um, yeah, I, there, there was a, I don't know if this is still happening. A cable company was going to come in and, and do, you know, run some more lines. I don't remember. Like it wasn't. What do you mean lines? Um, you know, um, like not, it wasn't Xfinity. It wasn't Verizon. I can't remember what the name of it was, but they were going to do TV and internet okay. and phone. Right. And they were saying that they needed, you know, the Charlestown to sign off on something. And they're like, well, we'll have a public access channel. I'm like, wouldn't that be cool if we had like public access, like here's the rundown of everything that happened. I mean, I don't know how many people actually watch TV anymore. I just stream everything personally. So. Dude, we should do it. We should do what's important in Charlestown podcast. Mm -hmm. What do you need to know? Keep it a super short digestible thing, right? And serve your constituency, your constituents, by pro by providing, here's what it is. And they're gonna say, oh, but well, we already stream online for our meetings. Bro, I don't give a shit about your meetings. I'm busy running my business. I'm busy taking care of my family. I want a little bit of downtime. How long are those meetings? Right, yeah, you don't have two hours. Okay, but yeah. I'll, I'll let me rant. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm ranting. Okay, neither one of you are in this nonsense right now, but okay. I'm just saying, I don't care. I don't, Unless it's falling on me, or unless it's going to get me soaking wet in a rainstorm, I don't care. But if I had time to carve out a, to listen to a 10-minute thing in the car driving, or to look at the transcripts of the podcast, not of the whole meeting, man. I and, and all these, do you second, do you first, do you raise your hands, eyes, and what? I don't even care about all that. I just need to be able to digest the meat and potatoes so if something raises a flag personally, I can talk to my friends and we can try to show some interest and then find out how serious it is. Do we need to get involved? That, I think, would be a dream come true. But would anybody listen to it? I don't know. Does anybody listen to this podcast? I don't know. But some people do and I hear about it surprisingly. So please consider that. Please consider, we talked about accessibility. Yes. We talked about that. That is how people learn what's going on. And if we showed people that they own the city, it's your city. It's not just where you live. If you pay taxes, and if you're voting, or if you're allowed to vote, I mean, because you can, you choose mm -hmm. not to, it's your city. Become aware of the decisions happening on your city. Okay, you don't maybe you don't care about the city. Maybe you care about just your neighborhood. Well, if something's gonna happen in my neighborhood, I want to know. Apartments, oh drama, or <laughs> oh they're putting in some new sewer lines. Oh my god, don't do that. Or they're doing this over here. Oh the skate park's busted. Oh it's all wine, right? Oh big deal, right? But maybe you, if you don't care about the town, you do care about your neighborhood. There's somebody running or somebody who holds office who represents your neighborhood. And maybe your neighborhood's too big. Maybe you care about your street. If someone's out here busting up my street, I'm gonna wanna know. But people can expand their want to know to be the entire town. 
if they have an easy way to consume the information. I think it appears that because nobody knows, everybody who's in office is allowed to run rampant. And all of a sudden we're looking at the final reading of a charter out of five. I don't know anything about it until now. I'm sure a lot of people don't know about it. The ones who do are the fundamentalists, I'm not judging, it's just a word. You're into it, you're following it, you're watching the videos. We prefer wonks. <laughs> I'm joking. But you get my trip. Like, so why can't we, and we're not going to read it in the paper, and we're going to skim right across it on social media, but if somebody wanted to, and then somebody could share, I'm not talking about social media, I'm talking about share, hey, Julie, did you hear about the pit bull thing? Mm -hmm. That creates those conversations. It creates, even if somebody says something incorrectly, more people could look into it. I'm asking that. There, there needs to be a way to do it. Podcast seems very easy, both video and just audio. Newspaper is for people who read the newspaper. Social media is for people who are really into it and their algorithms point you towards it. Um, yeah, that, that, is, that is definitely the struggle right now with social media is the algorithms and trying to overcome that to get your information out there. Uh, at least that's so, my struggle. <laughs> I, I just want to add a little to this because you mentioned accessibility. And I know for Julie that's a big thing and for me that's a big thing. I think sometimes we see accessibility of making sure the constituents have the ability to come to us and ask for what we want. And that's backwards, to your point. I completely agree. Part of the job of being a leader in the community is to go back, I mean, even if it seems mundane, neighborhood, this is what we worked on this week. We were talking about the color of stop signs, and this is what we did, and this is why we thought it was important to change them from bright red to bright fuchsia, you know? They need to know everything, and we should be taking it to them. It should not be waiting for them to come, mm -hmm. because they're not going to. And that's, it just needs to be, uh, turn it on its head. And part of your job is to communicate the message of the city and, and to, you know, be available by going out to the people. <laughs> say, yeah. Maybe, I don't have time for this, maybe <laughs> I should watch or attend the meetings and then give color commentary afterwards. Say, oh, well, they talked about this. That seems really dumb. Or, my, you know, my, I, I'm just saying, I could, I, could, I mean, podcast is free speech, man. I can yeah, say whatever I, I want, but. Yeah, my Tuesday <laughs> talks are not like that. I'm, I'm like, this is what happened. What do you think? Well, do you think this is a good idea? Yeah, but the Tuesday talks aren't even hitting my radar. I, I want to see yours. Well, and yeah, and like back, and obviously we have the internet, we have social media, we have all these other things that before people would have probably set out like a neighborhood newsletter, right? And like stuck it in your door and been like, or put in the mail, you know, for you to read. Um, so we could, you know, go back to newsletters or we could do the newer version of that. I don't, I don't think there's going to be one solution. There's going, we're going to need to do them all. So to your point, your podcast, I consume your podcast at 530 in the morning when I'm working around my neighborhood. That's cool. But that's when I do it. And it, right. that's when I have free time. So we, we try as many mechanisms as possible. And one of them are going to hit home. And, and that's what we do. And, I mean, other than knocking on every door in the city every Tuesday after a meeting, which is not going to happen. I mean, if we're, if we're in the paper, if we're in the social media, if we're on the podcast, if we're in Kevin Bracken's Breaks It Down mm -hmm. <laughs> the day after the meeting, it, all of those ideas, yes. We need, we need to get the message out because, to your point, it should not be a week before the final reading and people are just – you're, you're more plugged in than most folks. No. 
So, I mean, that's my point. It should be known well in advance. Yeah. Well, I know I'm going to chew on this. I mean, I'm not stopping the podcast right now, but I'm saying I'm going to chew on how can... And I've thought about this before. I mean, my friend was like, oh, so you're... Because I was talking about doing this exact thing maybe over a year and a half ago. It's like, oh, so, so you want to be like a newspaper. You just kind of report what they're talking about in these meetings. And I said, that's really important and nobody's reporting on it. And if they are, it's not in a consumable fashion. Like, you know about the, the written minutes or whatever. And man, ain't nobody's reading minutes. I know I'm not. Be people who are really into it might be, but man, like I'm not. I'm, I'm definitely not going to do it myself. And I want to be in the know, and I want to be involved, and I want to put pressure on Jeff, and I want to put Jeff pressure on Julie and Todd and everybody that I know. Say, hey, what, what, what are you guys doing? And then they're going to turn around on me and say, Kevin, if you want to help make change, you need to get involved, join a committee or a board, or you know maybe run for city council yourself. I'm saying, no, man, I'm just trying to get ahead of this stuff before it becomes a surprise. Mm -hmm. I'm not even trying to be as frustrated as I am with this right now, but I feel like I am. And I know you guys have tons more to talk about on the charter, mm -hmm. but this is just a perfect example of people being asleep at the wheel or their heads in the sands. And if these seem really, really, really important, and just because I'm not reading the spirit of Jefferson doesn't mean I should be missing the information that is happening. If that's where their announcements are. Okay. I'm not trying to <laughs> railroad your podcast. Was there, what else did we want to talk about in reference to the charter, man? <laughs> I just, I think I just had a few other like minor things about like election day. There, currently, it's the fourth Thursday in May. So I absolutely agree that this should change because who's going to remember the fourth Thursday in May? Um, they are talking about changing it to the second Tuesday in June because that's when Harper's Ferry does their um, municipal elections. But Ranson does it on the first Tuesday of June, and I just think first Tuesday of June is a little bit easier to remember because you do the first Tuesday in November, so first Tuesday in June. It's a why silly little one, thing. Why is one better than the other? Well, I just think aligning with Ranson um, would make it easier because we have so much overlap over yeah the border like very close to where I live like two houses up you know is the line of Ranson and Charlestown so they you know they're talking about advertising by having you know maybe yard signs or saying or something like that that say like this is when the election is don't forget to vote um so then you could kind of like Charlestown and Ranson could work together like we're vote on the same day you know don't forget to I go see. to your polling place That's which really is good. city hall by the way um, it's a it's a minor thing and but another thing that they took out that was in the old or the current charter is what to do if there's a tie vote which I know is super rare but it's not in the new a tie vote with city council or tie yeah, vote like, with everybody else yeah um, it, when the people vote and and two candidates get the same number of votes it's super rare it's there in other cities but yeah like if it happens then how would the, there's nothing that is currently written that would determine how that would be resolved what did it used to say do you know um i it basically says that council would decide they in Morkentown they draw lots yeah the council would draw lots what's draw lots thing? basically it's like we're gonna put both your names in a hat and whatever name the mayor pulls out that's uh 
Yeah, I mean, mean, that's not abnormal, right? That actually happened in a congressional election in Virginia. Yeah, I mean, it was a tie, and what you were going to rehold the whole election? Yeah, or some people will like flip a coin or rock paper scissors, like pull the pull the stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, but I do think that something I don't know, or there should be something where it's like the two parties will agree on how this will be resolved, even if something like that, where it's open ended, where those two people could decide. You know, yeah, we are just going to flip a coin. Okay. I know, I, I can see how some things that are extremely rare come back to very simple methods, but having that in writing would be crucial. And if it is flipping a coin, oh, isn't that kitschy? Who flips the coin? The mayor The mayor uh, is the administrative officer of the meeting. Wouldn't the mayor be... Um, but if it was the mayor's spot. Bias? Yeah. Well, then it would be the mayor pro I don't know. Yeah, and it would then, but... It's not it, there. That's the point. There, there, should should be be a town, there should be an anonymous town coin flipper. <laughs> That is pulled from a pool of people randomly. Yeah. Which coin are we flipping, Kevin? Do we need so to identify it, that as well? <laughs> See, I'm but, not even trying to name is in a hat. Much easier. <laughs> and so, to your, so since we're talking about things that are missing, it's interesting. If you look at the current, if you look at the current charter, the powers of council, it's explained out in detail. Like you know, and it's not going to be everything, right? It's from 1915, right? But there's a lot more detail. What powers? reside with the council. If you look at the proposed document, the mayor has about a page. The, the, I'm trying to pull my phone up to read this to you. It's literally, it is literally, Kevin, it's a sentence. It's a sentence that basically says, it's a catch-all sentence. The, 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 the council has the power to make laws and to and, you know, change laws and to initiate this. It's, it's very, I'm trying to find the exact language. Here you go. The council shall have powers to make, pass, modify, enforce, or repeal all orders, bylaws, ordinances, resolutions, rules, and regulations they deem necessary and which are not contrary to the Constitution and general laws of the state of West Virginia. Very vague. But originally it was more detailed. They gave some examples, and most cities will give you these are the, the powers of the council. I have a huge issue, and, and here's the thing. I have a huge issue with a lot of the document that says, not contrary with the, the laws of West Virginia. Well, sure, that's, that's the way it has to be. But if I'm a, if I'm a citizen of Charlestown, like yourself, and, and, or myself, and I want to know what the, can the mayor do this? I'm going to go check our charter. Well, man, now I have to go find the laws of West Virginia. And it doesn't even reference what section to look at in the laws of West Virginia. Just go find the laws and figure out what it is in those laws. What? It should, I should be able to find on our city website and our city charter what I'm looking for. And I think there needs to be a little bit more than a catch-all. And, and, and again, I get it. You want to simplify it. You want to make it so that it's vague enough that it's not going to like tie your hands down the road if some weird situation pops up. You know, oh, no, it says we can do all ordinances, and that's an ordinance. I get that. But can we have some explanation of what, what that means? That's a great question. That is a great question. Holy moly. What else, Julie? Okay, I think I only have one more <laughs> minor thing. No, you, you, people could see the stack of notes and cell phones open and the amount of small print <laughs> everywhere. These guys were extremely prepared. How many pages is the uh, charter, approximately? Mm. <clears throat> like, Maybe five. I actually don't think it's, it's that long. It's not long. So you've got to oh. realize that the charter is not the ordinances. The ordinances are much more specific, yeah. and those are the, like the laws of the city. The charter is like almost like the preamble to those that lay out the, the structure of our of our government. In my mind, it was like 75. Oh, no, no, oh, no. no. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it's, right. It's, it's yeah. consumable. Like, Very consumable. I mean, and, I, and I do appreciate the one thing the ordinance committee has been striving for 
the current ordinance committee, um, they want it to be so that way somebody who only has a high school education can read and understand it. You don't have to be, you know, some high-level thinking lawyer. You know? We should have started off with that because I'm over here <laughs> thinking, man, I ain't got time to read this damn thing. That's what I'm literally thinking that, and I'm like, I want to be involved, but I got, I got to see what these guys are fired up about. So all the things that you're talking about, in a five-page doc, people go read. It this. might be seven, but yes, still. it's very. It's not that difficult, and yeah. So yeah, I do think that everybody will can carve out a little bit of time to read through this. Um, the The only other thing that I had was about holding other public office, and this is something that's under under council and mayor. Um, it currently reads that if if you get elected, then you're not allowed to serve on any other boards at all. So that would mean I would have to drop City out. boards or county? It exactly. doesn't say. That's the oh. thing. Yeah, it's very vague. So it could be interpreted that you cannot, like I couldn't serve on the tree board, I couldn't serve on the Board of Parks and Recreation, I couldn't serve on the Charlestown Now Board. And these are the boards that I really like. So I don't know what, like, and I understand for like the BZA. Right, the BZA can be overturned by council. Yeah, so. Board of Zoning Appeals. Okay. Yeah, sorry. What? Yeah, the Board of Zoning Appeals, I'm okay. sorry. So that makes sense because there would be a conflict there. Yep. And so I understand for some boards, yes. But like for the Friends of Happy Retreat, are you telling me like if you're on city council, you can't also be on the board for Friends of Happy Retreat? Like that does, well, there's no conflict there. Like why, why can't you do that? So wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, if you were leaving the tree board, wouldn't you groom somebody to move into your position in the tree boards so that even though you're on city council you still get to know what's going on over there and how things are going if that was your passion yeah i mean i probably will have to drop off some of these boards because i am going to be so much busier mm -hmm. um and i am hoping that they get filled and so i am kind of actively like like keeping an ear out like oh you like trees and you live in town hey you, you know there might be a position open that sounds like <laughs> politics to me you know yeah. um but if somebody else applies and they're like hey i'm a certified arborist i know trees inside and out i'd be like oh okay well you know sorry friend you don't actually know that much about trees you just like them <laughs> <laughs> you just love trees you, know? you just hug them <laughs> yeah <laughs> i feel like this person should be on the board um so I don't know. It's it, it the way that it's written. It's just. Are they ever held to the fire saying, "Well, why does it say this? When when does that quick Q and A happen?" Say, hey, city, city council. You say if I'm on city council, I can't be on any other boards. Why? Yeah, that's that's this April fifth. That's the fifth. Yeah. Will they answer me? I don't know. I hope. <laughs> you also. So here's what I'd say. Julie and I actually spoke at the last town council meeting about um, the. Expanding the the time frame for the curbside parking curbside pickup, right. and we also spoke about the charter. Even though nobody was really speaking about the charter, because that's supposed to happen next week, mm -hmm. um, but you get three minutes. So, and I understand. Look, there's there were nine people who wanted to speak. Three minutes a pop. That's a half an hour, right? So, you're only going to get a short period of time. And you can, we've had a whole podcast on this one topic. So, we were asked by the city manager Daryl Hennessy, and we did this. We wrote a letter outlining all of our concerns. I actually posted my letter on my, you know my Facebook page for, for my my campaign. So you can read that there. But you can do that now. You, and and I, I've, spoken, I've, I've spoken with other members of the community that are going to reach out to the council and to the mayor and to the city manager via letter. So if you're nervous about speaking, that's not your thing, 
write a letter, mm-hmm. send it in. They'll put it in the record for, it will, it will be a part of the agenda packet. Here is Kevin Bracken's letter, bam, and it will be on the record. So if they vote to do something that you don't want, at least you can say on the record, I said don't please consider this. So there are other, there are other ways for you to get your opinion heard. I hope they're, they're hearing you, Yeah, you can also call, if you don't have your, repre- your, yeah, your representatives, your city council members' phone numbers, you can call City Hall and leave a message for them. I don't know how often they check them, um, but I, I always think that having your voice heard is, you know, physically, I guess, not just in a written letter, because it's easy to ignore an email. You can just respond and say, thank you for sending me this, but not actually read it, you know, versus actually coming to the meetings and speaking, you know, they have to hear you. Yeah. Okay. Seven pages, maybe five. Somewhere in that, I don't, yeah, I don't Roughly. There are certain things that are <clears throat> troublesome to you guys. Do you think other candidates running for city council are digging this deep into the charter, or do you think they're just trying to like win the popularity contest? Of so, course you guys don't want to say So that. what I would say is I would, <laughs> I, would, I would never speak for someone else, right. right? Because that's just wrong. I mean... Ricky Twyford's on the council. I've heard her ask questions in the meetings, so she's clearly really involved. Um, I, I don't know the the other candidates' opinions. Well, yeah, I, I, I that, that question put you guys in a weird spot, right. and it's because I'm just not I'm not playing I'm not in the, I'm not even in the league, so much as playing the game. But I just I'm impressed at the passion you guys have, having not won yet, and I really like that. And I feel like those are the kind of candidates. We want to be involved, especially when you know them face to face. You can catch them around town, and you can ask them, "What do you do? Well, why is this that way?" And I, I think having that knowledge is important. Here's a question: Do you think once you win, that you would not come back on the podcast? Because even though you know how hard you're working for this, even though you know the public should know about it, you don't want people coming in and messing it up. No, I would definitely come back. Obviously. Yeah. Because yeah. this is this is the way that I can also say, hey, maybe maybe I have a crazy idea and the rest of council is like, <laughs> you're insane, Julie. That's not going to happen. And I can come on your podcast and tell everybody about it. And everybody can be like, hey, you know what? She's right. Let's go to the council meetings and tell everybody else. <laughs> you want to do what to our trees, Julie? I, I am. Yarn? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. With I think my wife said it best when we were running. And I'm like, I'm just going to be me. And if people don't like who I am or what I stand for, then that's how it is. I'm not going to not come on and speak and tell you what I think about things. Because what's the point, right? It's, I'm not, we're not getting paid a lot of money here. I'm not, I don't have any ambition to run for higher office. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not eyeing up Charlestown or Charleston uh, by any means, right? This is what I want to do. So yeah, I want to get my voice heard and this would be a great, great way to do that. You know what I don't like about people who don't win? I've had them on the podcast, many people who've run but did not win. They didn't keep coming on. Didn't mean the issue stopped. They just took an ego hit. They didn't win. They're like, well, I guess I'm just not the best person for the job. They may still be, but they're not necessarily out there still grinding on the same topics. That's what I want to see from both of you guys, win or lose. Um, Jeff, basically. Uh, but His eyes turned to me. Yeah. Is that... <laughs> Even if, if you have passions, let's continue to use this platform as a way to inform people about this. 
continue to make a stink until you become too annoying to me, and then I'll be like, go get your own podcast. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. I think that'd be, I think that would be helpful to create hope that the people who are trying to make change continue to want to make change even if they didn't win. It's not necessarily defeat. The problems are still out there. They need to be fixed. The people who don't win city council should most likely be the most loud people at the city council meetings because they still get to participate right. as a voter. Mm -hmm. As I mean, I could be totally wrong, but isn't there more influence in who people vote for outside of politics? So if you're running for office, you say, hey, come vote for me. I'm all about trees. Or I'm all about budgetary stuff. Or I'm all about, <laughs> you know, painting the roads green. And uh, vote for me. But then it's over. I'll be like, okay, that's it. I didn't win. But I know all my friends like the green road idea, painting roads green. So I'm going to go get, I'm just going to start rallying. I'm going to get people fired up about making the roads green. I'm going to make Jeff paint Huntfield green because I'm going to apply pressure from his constituency. So there's more power outside of the position. And people don't see that. Sure. Unless I'm totally wrong. Am I wrong? No. I, yeah, and, I, and obviously it's a different game when you're not on council. You're just a regular citizen. You don't, you're not a, a held accountable by the people. So yeah, you can. <laughs> There's nothing regular about us. No, yeah. no I, I don't think you're wrong. It's I a do... lobbyist, isn't it? I just find a lobbyist. Yeah. Um, a, no. green, a, a green rose lobbyist. I don't know if I'd be quite, I think a lobbyist would be somebody, uh, you have the definition of lobbyist, so I don't want to go there. Like you have to, there are certain features, like you're meeting with individual people they're taking them to lunch. So do you have to register? There's certain rules. To your point, a lobbyist probably has their hands tied even more than a regular citizen who's just really angry and wants green roots. Let's just take the definition of lobbyist out of it. Sure. And let's say I'm lobbying sure. painting the roads green because my, me and my crew want them green. So, hey, Jeff, we're going to send you letters <laughs> a lot. Sure. And uh, we're going to bring to the table possible solutions and how to get the roads green. Hey, Kevin, you did so good at that. Why don't you just run for city council? No, no, because I just want to work on green roads. So so look at the name of my Facebook page. It's Jeff for Charlestown. Mm -hmm. It's not Jeff for Charlestown 2021. So I hope that sort of points out the fact that I'm, I'm in, I made a commitment to myself. COVID, like I think I explained this to you in the last podcast, it gave me a lot of space to really reevaluate uh, my life and what was important to me and my health got better and I really got more involved in the community. So I'm not going anywhere, win, lose, or draw. I'm going, well, yeah. so for That's sure. Good. All right. Okay. Jeff, is there anything else in the charter you wanted to bring up that you felt was important for people to? Know? I think the message I really want to get across more than specifics is April 5th, we have a, a, a public input meeting with the city council. Please, if you are interested in, in the, the way our town is structured and in the future of the city, please try to come and, and participate in that. If you have one thing in the entire document that bothers you, this is your opportunity to speak up. So that's, that's the most important part. Be involved, April 5th. Or send a letter. Or send a letter. Or come to my Facebook page and tell me, and, and I'll speak about your concerns when I speak. Because I'm, I'm certainly going to be there to speak. Because you're not quite on the team yet. So you can, you can raise a rabble. I can raise a rabble. <laughs> All right. Julie? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Before we sign off, I want to hit the bullet points again. Julie first. 
bullet points. The ordinance, the, sorry, the charter needs updated, uh -huh. but it should be updated the right, it should be done really well. It should, you know, I don't want just like a semi-good document that is the most important document for our city. I want the best one. So read the charter. It's only a couple pages. You're right, but you had a few yes. points. I want to hear the title line of each point real quick. All right. Um, He's going to say referendum something. I know that, but you... Yeah, filling vacancies. Right. Holding other public office. And then, yes, referendum initiative election day. That, I was looking for a stronger selling point. I'm so sorry. no, no. So, so you're, you're, one of the things that you found to be important was um, you should be able to be on city council and be on other boards. That is something you're concerned about. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, what it comes down to is, I this this document really needs to protect the people from the government. Mm -hmm. This should be a shield. Gotcha. And there's currently holes, gotcha. so people need to read it, see if they see the same holes that I do. Maybe they see new holes that I don't see. And come um, to the meeting on April 5th. Come to the meeting on April 5th. You are going to say um, the at-large angle is a positive direction that could be Correct. added, right? Yes, sir. Hit me with one or two others. So the at-large angle, I think, is something I'm disappointed we didn't consider. It's not something at this time that would keep me from voting for the charter. I think it's something that I would be willing to open the charter again at a later date to add. Mm -hmm. However, there are issues that are concerning me. I absolutely positively have to see the referendum and initiative language kept in the document. I can't see any, any, any loss of the citizen ability to give their input. Um, I have a loss of the citizen's ability to give input is possibly at risk. It, correct, if that language is, is, is stripped. Okay. from the current or if it's not better protected by right. adding language that would prevent council from being able to overturn the right. will of the people what is there now is a bare minimum i would love to see it improved to, to julie's point okay. i i think i have a lot of concerns about the open-ended powers that the mayor has right. to appoint people a uh, special police officer whatever that means and that's and, really interesting to me too it's, it's, where, where is that defined what that means i, I don't it's not in the charter but it might be somewhere else, or no? I couldn't no, find anything. It's, yeah, it's. I think this is language that, that, honestly, it's in the original charter. I think this was just kind of like language that was used. You know, I'm sure that if you found, looked at other charters, it would be there too. But it, yeah, it's not defined. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah, so no clue. So that that that's a big concern. I really feel the council, as the larger representative body of the people of Charlestown, should have input or at least a consent. Of, Ability to consent to any appointed office of that nature. Um, that's a big one, and both of those issues would make me say no on, on if this goes to the ballot in May, for sure. Uh, and then, to Julie's point, filling vacancies. No way, no how can I agree that if we have a vacancy that's open for three and a half years and we know we have an election in two, should that position not be on the next ballot? They're doing it now, and you can do that while maintaining the two-year splits. It's possible, and we Hold should on. do it. Hold on. All right, Jeff. I get it. I kind of get it. Make sure I get it. Okay. I'm, I'm just trying to keep this the last piece so that we don't get blown away by the last hour and ten. Okay? So it's when somebody, say, has to leave town or, God forbid, passes away. Correct. That leaves a vacancy in the office. We still need leadership to be there. So right. at this time, they can either not fill it fill it for the rest of the term or fill it until the next election if it's within a certain time frame. That language is currently not in there. 
That language is being proposed for all three of those. I see. I think we need to change that language to say that it must, it must be placed on the next ballot. Unless, to Julie's point... Well, it must be filled. Yeah, it must be filled, and it must be placed on the next ballot. You should never have somebody appointed for more than two years. Thank you. That was perfect. And I want to thank you guys for giving a crap. Because you guys care. You're heavily researched. You're very much in the know. Thank you very much for running hard with our town. Okay? And... If we didn't miss anything, I think this is a good place to wrap up. I just wanted to bring things back so I knew if I tell somebody, I'm giving them the 25 cent version of what you guys could elaborate on and that why they need to become more aware. So, was there anything else, Julie? I think I'm good. All right, cool. Jeff? Thank you for having us on, Kevin. Yes, That's awesome. Thank you. Everybody, thanks for listening to the Break It Down for Brackets podcast. I feel like. We chipped away at this topic. I don't know if we really broke it down, but we definitely chipped away. I feel like I understand a little bit more. I'm a little freaked out, but at the same time, April 5th is when the meeting is. Yes, sir. Otherwise, send a letter. That means typing it on your computer, printing it, and mailing it in. I'm sure it could be an email, but it's really easy to delete emails. All right. Thanks for listening. Today's intro and background music is written and produced by Peter Clark. The name of the song is Making Moves. Peter, the writer, told me this is the song you want to play when you're preparing dinner. Play it louder for pasta and a little bit lower volume for poultry and meats. I'm not totally sure what that means, but that's what he told me. So check him out. SoundCloud. The album's called Peter Clark After Dark.